Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Byline Breakdown, the podcast that takes you behind the headlines of the stories that shape the Mahoning and Shenango Valleys. I'm your host, Mike Moliterno, and today we're peeling back the layers of a story that hits pretty close to home for our residents, particularly our neighbors in East Palestine. Joining me today is one such neighbor, senior reporter with the Business Journal, Deanne Johnson. Deanne, thank you very much for being back with us. Thanks for having me, Mike. So it's been nearly a year since the train derailment from Norfolk Southern in East Palestine. And uh, just recently you spoke with CEO Alan Shaw, who expressed his uh, confidence and his optimism about uh, his company's response to the train derailment. So you've been following the story since it happened. You live in East Palestine. I guess, what do you think is the current sentiment in your town? Yeah, there there are some people that uh, would like to see the railroad uh, finish everything and be gone and life to go back to normal. But there are others that are very appreciative that they're still there. They're still working on things. They're still making sure that uh, – that the soil is uh, gone, and what once they remove the soil, then they're retesting it, and then they're backfilling it. So as they've gone along, they've believe they've got all the soil that was contaminated out of there, and the railroad is continuing to uh, to work on backfilling. And there's been a lot of truck traffic recently with gravel and stone being put in where the soil was excavated and taken out. Could you tell us a little bit about how the community has been working with Norfolk Southern over the course of the year and and kind of where that stands? How's that relationship? So in the very beginning, um, Norfolk laid those tracks back down really fast so they could get their trains going back through town soon after the uh, controlled burn happened. And the the city was very unhappy about that. I mean, as residents were coming back into town after the evacuation, there was already a train coming through town. Um, and they laid it right over contaminated soil. But since then, I would say working together, the, the village has worked better. It gotten more response out of the railroad. And Alan Shaw was very adamant, you know, we, we've tried to bring all of Norfolk Southern's resources to the village to do the best we could do for them. And they've been giving them money not just for cleaning up, but to make improvements to for the future economic development of the city. And he's also been pretty adamant that the accident was not a result of their, their practices, that it was kind of, you know, a, a little bit of a one-off incident. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. He, he, he's very quick to point out that that wheel bearing that the NTSB's initial report, which they haven't released their final one, but their initial report indicated a faulty wheel bearing on a car, um, which was seen on fire in video outside of town, um, that, that that was a faulty wheel bearing on a car that Norfolk Southern didn't even own the car. That car was privately owned by the company that was hauling the chemicals. So mm. he's very quick to point out this wasn't our fault, but we're going to help take care of it. So the mayor, as you said, was pretty vocal about being upset about Norfolk laying the, the rail so quickly. Um, I guess, what is his stance now? How are, um, how's his relationship and what is he saying about the, the working relationship between the city and Norfolk Southern? 
Yeah, I just touched base with him a couple days ago, and he said that he's really happy going forward that they have this partnership with Norfolk. Um, There's going to be some improvements in the village that they just couldn't have afforded to do probably without Norfolk. It would have been a a real hardship. Um, There's going to be some improvements to the water treatment plant for the village to a system that will – it's – an investment of $4.3 million, and the system will ensure that should there ever be problems with the water system, this will handle that immediately. He said, you know, in the future, if, if there would ever be a point where they have a chemical situation, the village wouldn't have to stop drinking the water, find an alternate source, and wait a year to install this. This is already going to be put in there preventatively, and it's a good system that would have made sense for the village regardless of whether or not there was a derailment in the village. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other initiatives that they're funding and uh, some of the other ways that they're Um, hoping to improve East Palestine and make improvements for the future of the village. We'll touch on those right after a quick break. Attention all business enthusiasts in Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. The Business Journal has been your trusted partner since 1984, giving insights, updates, and fostering growth in your region. From Mahoning to Mercer, from Columbiana to Lawrence, we've got you covered. For just $10 a month or $99 a year, unlock our digital troves or get both print and digital for only $99 a year. Make the smart business choice. Subscribe now. We're back with Deanne Johnson discussing Norfolk Southern's response to the East Palestine train derailment. Um, Deanne, we spoke a little bit about it already, but could you maybe just go into a little bit more detail about the remediation efforts and where those stand right now? Yeah, so they have pulled the soil away from the where the tracks were. Um, they're testing to make sure that nothing is contaminated before they backfill, and they're in the process right now of backfilling and still testing certain areas just to make sure they're good to backfill there. Um, they also have been working on the streams a little bit with the Ohio EPA and the federal EPA, um, making sure that Sulphur Run, which runs right near the tracks, and Leslie Run are clear of sheen. Um, The EPA put out a report just the other day that said that there is still some sheen in some of the creeks. Um, 59% of Leslie Run is still showing some sheen. Uh, 66% of Sulphur Run is still showing some some sheen. Um, so they're in the process of determining how much of that is from the train derailment, how much of that was already chemicals, maybe from past industrial uses in the village. Sure. And what they're going to do to clean that up. Um, additionally, the Norfolk Southern cleanup crews have cleaned out four of the five major culverts that go through downtown. Um, the four, did they didn't find any sheen in those four, but the fifth one is showing signs of sheen, and they're still trying to figure out how best to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the creek efforts may have to wait until things defrost a little sure. bit at this point <laughs> as <laughs> <Right>. well. <laughs> that's, a, that's Northeast Ohio weather, yeah. Right. <laughs> 
It's it's very cold while we're recording this. This is <laughs> this is on what this is a Wednesday, so it's like freezing outside. You're right. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess what does that what does all that mean for the residents? So, um, what is going on with the uh, home value ins- assurance program, and how is Norfolk Southern making sure that that residents who have been displaced or who seen the value of their homes go way way down that they're getting the help that they need? So I don't have any figures aside from what uh, Alan Shaw gave, but he says that of the 72 homes that have sold in town since, or properties that have sold in town since the derailment, only nine of them have sold for a large decrease and needed the assistance of the home value uh, program. Um, The whole idea of the program is that if – your home isn't selling at the value that it was uh, appraised at before the derailment, if it's not selling at the amounts that other homes around it are, are selling for, that they, the Norfolk Southern will help pay for the difference that you lost for that. He believes, Alan Shaw believes, that home values are actually increasing in town right now. Um, There have been a lot of homes for sale uh, in some houses that people never came back from after after the derailment happened. He says, according to his, what he's hearing from his people at the Family Assistance Center, all but about 50 families have returned to East Palestine since the derailment. He says that home values are increasing from where they were prior to the derailment? That's what he tried to tell us the other okay. day. I don't haven't been able to in, you know, confirm yeah. that with real estate folks. Yet. Okay, it's just based on what he said. <laughs> what he's saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why I attributed it. I got it. <laughs> Accordingly, no, I, I was yeah. just wondering if there was anything he, he cited to back that up or... Just what his he says the family assistance uh, center that they have in town has been keeping him apprised of you know mm-hmm. where things stand and that it seems like in his eyes that things as far as home values they're they're doing well and they are doing well elsewhere um, in the last couple of years. So that's something we'll have to dig into. Right. Yeah. Something to look for, look, uh, look into in the future. Let's talk about the immediate response of Norfolk Southern. Um, Shaw has said, um, you know, one of the things that they did was the burning of the vinyl chloride, which was pretty controversial and had all of the, the pictures that went all over the, the nation and the world and were pretty compelling. Um, Shaw has said that he has no regrets about that decision, that it was absolutely the right decision. Has the community's sentiments about that decision or that event changed over the course of the past year? Fire Chief Keith Drabick was the incident commander, and he was the one that got to make the final call, according to what everyone will tell you, from Governor DeWine was there, but and uh, CEO uh, Alan Shaw was there. They will both tell you that Dre Bick got to make the final call. Um, it has become controversial 
for some folks who, who of course, saw that and likened it to a nuclear blast, um, it, it had that look of a plume and everything. Um, and there's always going to be people that second guess, was that the right move to make? Was it necessary to do a controlled uh, explosion on five cars of vinyl chloride when it was one car of vinyl chloride that was actually had the temperature that was rising? And there's even been things that I've seen that said that that temperature had risen but was on its way back down when they went ahead and did it. They'd already made the decision to do it. In the past you know, or in the future, it'll be something that we'll look back at and study, uh, sort of like the pandemic or other things that we'll look at and second-guess it, perhaps. One other thing that the Norfolk Southern is investing in is a, uh, a $25 million um, project for a park that is slated to begin um, development this winter, and also the assistance center um, to train first responders. Um, could you talk a little bit about those projects and, and what the, the goal of those is? Yeah, so Alan Shaw says that he's given $25 million for the park project and $25 million from Norfolk Southern for the uh, first responder uh, training program. Um, the park is a place where most people in East Palestine go, at least for the 4th of July, but it's used all the time. They took him there to see the park early on, and that was one of the areas he felt was important to invest in the community because uh, it's something that they're very proud of. Um, the pool has needed some work for for a number of years. They were losing water through the through the pool, and uh, they they knew they needed to make some improvements. So the project is going to start off with new basketball courts, new uh, tennis courts, uh, pickleball court, which they don't currently have. Um, and then they're going to tear up the current ones and build a new pool, a new pool house. Uh, it's going to be a multi-year project, um, but it's supposed to kick off with the court projects uh, over the winter months, according to the mayor. And then with the the First Responder Training Center, um, Alan Shaw has talked about how it is important to bring economic development into town, and he believes that by training first responders, there would be a better response should there ever, heaven forbid, be another accident, train-related or truck-related or anything major in town again, and also for first responders from surrounding communities and a state away that may have to deal with some sort of a disaster, that this will allow them to do better training on how to approach a railroad car on fire, how to approach uh, an accident with chemical spills, um, those type of things. And it'll bring people to town. And uh, having more people come to town should be good economically for restaurants and other businesses. What are you what are you hearing in the in the in East Palestine? Where do where do things stand now that we're approaching a year since this event? Um, going forward, I would say, you know, there are always going to be people that want things to go back to the way it was, but I think going forward the train derailment is going to have some good impacts, believe it or not. Um, 
some of these projects that they're working on will benefit a community that needed some economic uh, injection into it. Um, they have Norfolk has also hired a or helped the city hire a economic development director who's going to be working on what can we do to stimulate the East Palestine economy. That's another uh, $500,000 amount of money that has been given toward that project. And I think that's money that the city or the village just wouldn't have been able to have afforded prior to this derailment. So Mm -hmm. it's still to be seen, but I think some good things may come of this eventually. Well, that's that's good news. I think for all involved, you know what I mean. And, uh, last year at this time, there probably wasn't much room for for optimism as the the, the mushroom cloud was billowing overhead. But uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, progress is being made and that there's some some optimism about the future. We will be back next Thursday with another episode of the Byline Breakdown. If you'd like to dive deeper into this story, a link to Deanne Johnson's latest story from East Palestine is available in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Mike Moliterno. You wouldn't drive a car without a map, so why navigate the business world of Northeastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania without the Business Journal? Trusted since 1984, we're the compass pointing you to growth and prosperity. Digital, print, why not both? We've got subscription options tailored for every business-savvy individual. Light up your path to success. Subscribe to the Business Journal today.